How's it going, guys? Welcome to Watch It, Love It, Let's Talk About It. Today we're at our good friend TJ's house, and we're going to be talking about the Batman The Killing Joke. We're all fortunate enough to see a special one-night screening of it, which, because of popularity, got turned into a two-night screening. As your uh, your host tonight, I'm Taylor Barron. And I'm Wesley Swink, and we may be DC haters, but we love Batman and the Joker. Uh, my name's TJ Earl, and this is my house, so I'm the host. <laughs> and I'm Chase, and we're not all DC haters. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Guys, we had the honor and privilege to go see Batman the Killing Joke that was finally put to animation. The great story from 1988 with Alan Moore. Boom. Fathom made $4 million in one night over this thing. Uh, Because of it, we're going to get to see many more DC animated. I think it's kind of like the paving. Praise the Lord. But man, there was 30 minutes of incredible, awesome Killing Joke and then 30 minutes of... Good old Barb. 30 minutes of what it would look like if Zack Snyder was in charge of the killing joke. Oh, good one. <laughs> Hope you hear that, Zack. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. Barbara Gordon, I understand the predicament. You know, guys, they couldn't just show up and shoot her and then that's it. So yeah. they had to do something. It's just the execution was poor, right? Yeah, you can definitely um, tell the difference between uh, basing a part of this movie off a comic and using the dialogue straight from the, the panels of the comic and making up their own dialogue. You can tell yeah. the difference, and it was well. I think anything, to anything quote trying to not follow up, but like create a prelude or a prelude to anything by Alan Moore is going to be borderline impossible anyway. Oh, I wouldn't say that because these are the guys. They, I mean, they helped create the animated series. They helped create Harley Quinn. Yeah, but so this they, is the they animated can, series. This is the Killing Joke. Yeah, but they can do stuff original. They just uh, it seems like they didn't try. Yeah. Like, they threw this Batgirl segment in. Well, your biggest thing is, was, it felt childish, right? Oh, yeah. Well, what did they do? They made a WB child TV show. Uh, True, but it was very dark and gritty. It wasn't, oh, Batman, I love you. Blah, 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 blah. That's what what the Batgirl sequence felt like. Well, who who was the villain they used in the first 30 minutes? The Paris Paris France. 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 Does anyone know who Paris France is? A mafia villain? Not really at all. I mean, it's just like, he's a mafia villain, yes, but he's just, like, we could have, they could have used so many better options to introduce Barbara. Maybe Poison Ivy, maybe Harley Quinn, I don't know, somebody that was a female that they could have used, you had the whole Batman Gotham universe at your hand, well, that whole, and that they whole, choose Paris France. That whole part hinged on the fact that Barbara was not strong enough to... To take on Paris, right? So right. at least give us a villain that you feel like he's actually a lot stronger. Well, they wanted to build a connection between Bruce and Barbara. Yeah. And they wanted to show him being protective of her, but her being strong enough. Even the fact that they got it on on the rooftop. Yeah, they definitely weird. had a connection. In this yeah, movie. they did. That was super weird. But I just thought that, man, Paris France wasn't the way to do it. What do you think, Brain? Yeah, it wasn't the right way to do it. And I said the other day that maybe they should have saved the ad after maybe we should have saw like the birth of Oracle instead of seeing what we saw Barbara yeah I just fell in love with you all over again that's genius (laughs) yeah exactly. that would have been a great idea maybe like just cut it up 15 and 15 see a little Barbara 
So you will get yeah. that initial, you know, um, heartache when she does get shot. You know, you feel for her, you know what I mean, a little bit more. And then, like Chase is saying, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, at the beginning, you show that they do have a connection. And 15 on one end, 15 on the other. Yeah. Or just they show at the beginning they do have a connection and not maybe not the connection they a had. sexual this, connection. Yeah. <laughs> but just there are more equals than we are shown in this film we have now. Yeah. Well, we did get some some pretty good action scenes from Barbara Gordon's part, right? The the part on the highway when they're inside the bank and especially at the loading dock, you know, when she halfway kills him. I mean, she beat the crap out of him. And I yeah. wonder, too, if that's another reason they added it, just to have some action. Some action. Because, because Killing Joke is kind of just a psychological warfare. Well, too, in that, that scene where she almost uh, kills Paris Francis kind of alludes to what the Killing Joke is about. Is you know, one bad day can change somebody's perspective on life, make them crazy. And that that was the moment that Batgirl realized what Batman had told her earlier, you know. Yeah. Uh, what happens when you get to the you dark? You reach the limit. Yeah, the limit. You're at the darkness. You know, the, you're in the abyss. Yeah, you exactly. haven't seen that yet. So that, so that one moment that could have been very compelling was ruined by what was before it. I think that's the best thing about Alan Moore and his graphic novel was that we get to see um, Joker in this backstory where you don't. Joker has many backstories and origin stories. Do we? We don't even know. Okay, the dude. Well, he he's claimed to be, know. yeah, he's claimed to be eternal. He's claimed to be all these different things. Who is he? We, we're not really sure, depending on who you ask. But Alan Moore's version is so compelling, and it makes Joker so great. Uh, like we've said before, that made um, you know the Batman Begins series with uh, the Joker come to life because of Alan Moore's bat, uh, Joker. Yeah. That this guy was a normal guy. And he had one bad day, and it changed him to be the psychopath that he is. Yeah. <clears throat> and the connection there is Batman was just a normal rich kid, and one bad day changed him to be yeah, who he exactly. is. So there's yeah. kind of this mirroring beautiful story uh, between Joker and Batman and how they are really just the exact same person but in two different worlds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think everyone loves that story. It doesn't matter who you like or what you like, but that, everyone loves that story. Yeah, it's a good yin and yang, wrong and right, circle of life type story. Yeah, it's just it's two characters that purely exist to go against each other. Yeah, I mean, the, the Dark Knight by Christopher Nolan had a, had a lot of influence from this from this graphic novel, and and in that film, the Joker played by Heath Ledger says that Batman, you complete me, and that that is true about the Joker and Batman dynamic. They they are truly. Uh, and, and they're enemies, but also, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. But they like do, they do in, complete each other. One the same, right? Yeah, like that. Sure. They have to exist. They have to coexist to... Uh, to exist at all? Yeah, because their moral beliefs are completely opposite, but to to show... I, I, I'm trying to, it's really hard to explain it, but the, the fact that their moral beliefs conflict so much, it mm-hmm. makes them like where they have to exist together. Yeah. The Joker has been lovable from the beginning. They brought him in early, and he was supposed to be a one-off guy, and they were going to kill him. Instead, they rewrote the last pain and put him in uh, prison because they said, this guy, this works. And it's worked ever since then, and he's grown popularity. He was incredible in the Adam West series. He was incredible with Jack Nicholson. And then Heath Ledger, um, you know, does an incredible job. His untimely death even pushes more drama to this, the belief that, man, the Joker 
who we all have seen as fake, could have somehow played a part in the death of Heath Ledger yeah, because yeah. of all those rumors that he got into that. I mean, that, that made it real for all of us. And now everyone's just nuts. He's a, he's a million dollar, uh, uh, you know, person that is sold on every personality. Yeah. Personality that's sold on every t-shirt, everything we see. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's almost to the point where if we see Batman in the movie and we don't see Joker in the same movie, we're disappointed <laughs> yeah. automatically. Yeah. Penguin it's, who? All right. It's, yeah. Uh, and yeah, like, exactly. who cares? Batman Returns, nobody cares about that movie because Jack Nicholson wasn't in it as a yeah. Joker. Uh, same thing for Dark Knight Rises. And I don't know. What's this guy's broad? <laughs> nobody cares. I kind of watch those uh, every okay, well, yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit of a blunt yeah. uh, statement. But. Everybody at the table hates DC. Um. No. no, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, it's true. We, we want that. Even if we don't yeah. say it, we do want it. Yeah. Um, you know, if we could have just, I mean, why are we going nuts over seeing Suicide Squad tomorrow? Because Jared Leto is playing a new Joker. Yeah. If he wasn't, would we still go see it? Of course we would. Yeah. But we'll be driving an hour away to Hattiesburg to go see it because it's a better theater. Maybe not. Would uh, this movie be tracking to make 140 million bucks? Probably not. Probably wouldn't. Probably wouldn't. Uh, he is analyzed in colleges. He's analyzed in psych wards. It's incredible that this story, you know, that Batman, written by Bob Kane many many years ago, is thinking to himself. Wow, look at what's happened today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, just moving back to the Killing Joke aspect of it, um, a kind of hard story to really watch, right? I mean, easy to enjoy, hard to watch. Do you well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say it's easy to enjoy because it's really dark and uh, it, it, it's just a super unique, depressing. A very unique take, yeah. right? So it's torture, psychological torture and... It puts the viewer through that torture as well. But you also get to see psychological torture on who you um, see as like normal as far as Batman, Barbara, um, Jim, Jim right? Gordon, yeah. But you see a human side of the Joker almost with the flashbacks, right? Yeah. He's connecting with a more human side. So it's funny to see, you know, these normalized people push to their limit and the Joker kind of coming down off that mountaintop of being so over the top. Yeah, at the end, at the end of the the story, the Joker tries to shoot Batman, and it ends up being one of his little toy guns that shoots a little flag out that says <laughs> Drops Bane. A GD. And you see, like Joker's like he's almost sad about that <clears throat> point. He puts his hands, his face in his hands, and he's like, and he starts reflecting back and like on his one bad days. It's really cool to yeah, see. Yeah, but in, it almost this like you're saying like <laughs> it's almost like he was so far down because that whole that whole last piece is about you know. Um, Bruce tries to bring him over, right? Just like, why can't you just be normal? Like, you yeah. know, you can come away from this. And, you know, that's just such a typical Joker antic is that the gun flag, right? Yeah. And so you can see almost how human he wanted to actually kill him mm-hmm. right then. Well, and shame on us, too, for not mentioning this at this point. Uh, what, one of the things that made this movie so great was the bringing back resurrection of Mark Hamill's oh, Joker. Oh, of course. And, uh, uh, and Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy's Batman. Batman. Which was, to me, one of the funnest parts of the yeah. night was his dialogue before the movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Mark Hamill. They did an interesting little documentary dialogue thing before The Killing Joke of Mark Hamill just talking about his relationship with the Joker mm-hmm. uh, and everyone just sitting there with, you know, drool going down their face, <laughs> like watching it because it's two just icons. Uh, yeah, when it comes to... At this point, you know, we've not seen Jared Leto yet, but at this point we think of, of uh, Heath Ledger right now as, I think, one of the best Jokers there. But 
the Joker still is Mark Hamill. There has never been a laugh. There has never been a character in the way that he talks like Mark Hamill. If you ask me, when it comes to the Joker, he is he's everything that's that's about it. Yeah. What's funny is to some people, Mark Hamill is a Joker, and they don't think he's Luke Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. He's a Joker first, and that's crazy because Luke and Skywalker. How big that universe is. No yeah, pun intended. I mean, Star Wars is the the biggest franchise of all time, and you know. Mark Hamill was the star of the beginning of that, but now he, you know, some people think, oh, he's the Joker to me. Yeah. So that, that's just crazy. And now he's doing both again. Yeah. For sure. I think that uh, with Kevin. Also, also the star of uh, Bushes of Love. Oh. <laughs> if you haven't checked out that, <laughs> YouTube, on a bad Bushes of Love. <laughs> Kevin Conroy also offers the dark Batman voice that we love, the, uh, you know, mature grumpy Batman that we love, uh, it's Conroy. And then we get to see his laugh at the end of The Killing Joke, just like in yeah. uh, the graphic novel. Which, that laugh at the end was just it was awesome. It was awesome, right? But the funniest thing for me was we brought our good friend Drew, right, who yeah. is not really a comic guy, so he only gets to see kind of the villainous type, um, destruction type Joker, you know what I mean? Not really a psychological warfare Joker. And just the look on his face when, because we all knew the movie. As soon as that yeah. he laughed, we knew it was over. After the killing joke, after the laugh, it's over, right? Yeah. And just the look on his face of almost disappointment. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is this is a real comic Batman yeah. Joker fan movie. You see oh yeah, what, you know sure. what I mean? I agree. And and someone that, like Drew that it's coming in because I just want to see the Joker. Mm-hmm. At 30 minutes of suspense before, because you don't get to see him, you're just like, when is the Joker going to come out? When is the Joker going to come out? And then just to see him psychologically torture somebody and just have dialogue-heavy scenes and not Mm -hmm. action. I mean, there's a little bit of action at the end, but I get what you're saying. The the ending is is a little weird for a fan, an outsider fan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So this is actually... Yeah, because you don't... Because a a lot of... um, Kind of cinematic stuff. You don't really get to see a lot of, you know, yin yang way the world works with Batman Joker. I mean, yeah, Heath definitely because there's a lot. Of, it's a really dialogue driven movie. Yeah. But it's still you get you still get to see you know explosions of hospitals, blowing this up, killing these people mm-hmm. to torture him, but not so much mental warfare. We expect more of a ribbon tied on the end of it with movies than yeah. we do with books. Yeah. When you read The Killing Joke, you don't leave the end of it saying. Well, what else? I mean, it makes sense where it was, it was all pointing to it and it all made sense. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, it was like abrupt because everyone's expecting to be this beautiful ribbon of either the Joker goes to prison or the Joker shoots well, see, Batman. Yeah, What's going to happen to end exactly. it? Exactly. That's with them laughing. Well, yeah, that's one thing that, I mean, I love the second half of this movie when the killing joke happens. But the end scene, like you said, in the comic, or not in the comic, in the graphic novel, the end panel, you you see some lights in the distance, mm-hmm. but you don't really know did Batman kill the Joker or did he take him to jail? Yeah. yeah. And so, like that thought is like it tears you apart because you're like, I, I want to know. In the movie, though, you hear the sirens. Yeah. So it's more possible that he took him to jail. Yeah. Because you think of Batman, he's a moral being, completely moral. He being. doesn't kill. Mm-hmm. He was like, he wouldn't kill that. He doesn't kill. He wouldn't kill the Joker when there's police coming. But in the comics, you don't know that there's Batman. police coming. So. You kill, you know. You, Batman always says, you know, you kill a murderer in the same amount of. Murder but he also he also yeah. confronts the Joker in that one that you know iconic talk they have is like when well, it's not even the Joker he's talking to. Yeah. But he says, you know, I'm gonna kill you 
or you're going to kill me. Yeah. So moving on into Zack Snyder, maybe he's over the edge. You know what I mean? What about you, Chase? How do well, you feel about it? I liked it in that scene you were talking about ties straight in, like I said before, to that last scene where he's still giving him a chance saying, hey, we're going to kill each other. Yeah. You, we need to, you need to give up before one of us does. Yeah. And he says very calmly and very like a normal guy, that, no, I, I can't do that. I, Gone too far. Yeah, it's it's not who I am anymore. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's when they're having a very normal conversation with police in that lab. It's like they're both just being people at that moment. Yeah. It's weird. It's yeah. Bruce and Joe, you yeah. know, at that moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I wish Joe was like that in the whole movie. Mile, like... Everybody had a gripe with the barber part, but my only gripe, gripe within the um, <laughs> were you groping over there? I ain't groping that I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My only gripe with the uh, the killing joke part is how klutzy and ditzy they really made pre Joker. You said his name's Joe. Well, some people say it's a Joker or something. I mean, there's like yeah. seven Joe Chill. Uh, there's that's, that's my only gripe with it because he's so unlikable. Well, that's how. It, uh, my response to that is that's how he is in the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really was just a a bad comedian, yeah, down on his luck. And but he, see, he, he seems not way. all right in the like right in the head as far as his knowledge base. But like, it's really weird. I fall into these chemicals, and then like the Joker is he's a genius almost, right? He's yeah. an evil genius. Uh, and I agree. With, I agree with that. That he didn't just like. It is weird that falling in chemicals. It didn't just change his pigment. Yeah, he had he had a mind switch, and he went nuts. And yeah. when you lose your wife and your child in one yeah, day, exactly. uh, and your that face, can, and, and then you're forced to be bad, and, and your sweet tan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> things change fast, and uh, you know, one bad day. That's what Alan Moore's trying to get across. Yeah. One, bad day. one bad day. Yeah, and um, to me, I'm. I'm the Killing Joke's not my favorite of, of all of them. I, I'm a death in the family guy. Um, oh, yeah, good, I, I like the family aspect of, I would have much rather seen it. I know I'm in the minority. I know The Killing Joke is like, you know, the... You, you know, talk about death of the family, the, the Snyder one just recently? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, uh, I thought that... Runs. Yeah, I thought the death of a family, that last run, would make one of the greatest animated movies ever. It surpassed Killing Joke Is this the me. one where he like cuts his face off? Yeah, and yes. then puts yeah. it back on with the belts. And that goes into the end game. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But see, when I first heard of this, when y'all first, you know, because I didn't read the graphic. I mean, everybody knows it, right? Yeah. But I didn't know it by name, know it by heart. But, like, when y'all first told me, I thought that's, that was what we were yeah. going to see. And I was super pumped because you talk about this being a dark take on the Joker. Yeah, and Death like, Family's pretty intense, that's too. Insane. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I just thought about something a while ago. If you go back to the Dark Knight, uh, one of the one of the things Two Face says before he's Two Face when he's just uh, what's, what's I can't remember the what's, guy's what's character he plays Harvey Dent Harvey Dent yeah Harvey Dent one of the things he says is either you die that die a hero or, or live to see or live Real long woman. enough to see yourself become yeah. a villain and you kind of see that in the Killing Joke yeah. at the end if the decision that Batman makes either he dies a hero or he lives long enough to see himself or become a villain if he you know it kind of connects a little bit. To me, that's why there is no competition on any universe of any hero in any story. That when Bob Kane wrote and made Gotham and made these things, there is so much more to Batman and the stories all around it than anything else. 
Now, yes, I know there's other great heroes and all that kind of stuff, but there's just it's unrivaled the things well, that you get like, from Batman. Like yeah. Gotham, right? Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. Like, Gotham feels as big as the entire complete Marvel Universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so much detail, so much story to be told just within the city of Gotham, right? Then a lot of Marvel combined, even, you know, um, Metropolis, you know, which is apparently right across the river like we were talking about in uh, Batman vs. Superman. Snyder. But not really. Yeah, but you see what I'm saying? You're right. Batman's universe well, Bat- is huge. Well, and there was Joker in The Killing Joke had one point. That was to get Batman to understand why, why that it was one crazy. bad day. And so how was he going to do that any other way than to go shoot Barbara and, of course, shoots Barbara, paralyzes her, she becomes Oracle, all that kind of stuff. But um, the thing is, with that depth of the story, mm-hmm. you get into, um, you know, Batman did almost do it. I mean, he almost... Flipped. You yeah, know, yeah. they almost went against that switch. And, you know, J- Jim Gordon's like pleading, hey, please don't do it, do, it, do it by the book. Do it by the book. And you just don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess you can see where the writers of this movie tried to correlate the end of the Batgirl story with the end of the Killing Joke story. Like, I'll go back to what Batman told Batgirl, you know, when you get to the abyss, the decision you make determines, you know, yeah, I can see who that. you are. And you see that at the end of the. Killing Joke as well. So. I didn't even put two into it. So, so, I'm not a fan of the Batgirl part of this movie, but I do like the fact that the end of the Batgirl sequence correlates with the end of the Killing Joke sequence with mm-hmm. the, her going to the abyss and the decision she makes. And Batman goes to the abyss yeah. and he makes a decision, which we don't know the decision, but he makes a decision. So. Yeah. And, you know, we get an awesome... Is it in credit? Yeah. Because they roll a few credits and they put in yeah. her yeah. in the Oracle. So, I mean... This she's, is a good way to end it off. Yeah, they show that she's come back from the abyss and she's going to go on to do better things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's still, she's still veiled. Like, I like how she keeps it away from her dad still. She's handicapable. Handicapable, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Guys, um, yeah, it was a good talk. I'm glad we got a lot of everybody except for Chase over here. Well, speaking of the Joker, we will be seeing Suicide Squad tomorrow. Yeah. Well, tomorrow being Thursday, August 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for it. Are you guys excited for it? Yes or no? I'm going in. I'm going in you right. Are, you've read too many reviews. No, I'm going in right at zero dB. You know, I'm right where I need to be. Yeah, you're trying to get the and, and, Yeah, and I hope it takes me up there. Yeah, but if it takes me down, I'm fine too. But I, I got, I got big expectations for it. You know, it's hard not to. Everything, yeah. every I get paid to hate movies. Person I've heard say anything about That's it true. said that it's better than Batman versus Superman. I loved Batman versus Superman, so I got nothing to worry when about. When IGN doesn't like it, I usually love it. So it's what just, did IGN say? Yeah, IGN gave it a five point nine. Yeah, something terrible. But yeah, uh, Rotten Tomatoes get has it at what thirty three percent? Yeah, thirty three less than so. But don't they do like critic and fan or something like that? On Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. uh, they'll do. No fans have seen it yet. So. Yeah, they'll start doing that, and also Metacritic, Tons of fans of Cinema Score. What's the one you, you like that's from the fans? Well, that's Cinema Score. Cinema Score. Well, no, yeah. that like come Monday, what the fans thought about it. But another thing I always say that reviewers always have to have like this awesome in-depth, super in-depth story to every movie. And the reviews I've said read have said that the characters are really great. I can deal. I can handle some lacking story if you got really good characters. Yeah, Mm -hmm. or not just the character, but the character development. Yeah, well, development, but development of most of the characters you should already know, right? Deadshot and Harley, which really, and the Joker, which carry the movie. 
Deadshot. They well, say Deadshot say can already carry you, it. You shouldn't already. You don't have to already know who Deadshot is. Deadshot is really more of a lesser known character, unless you. Yeah, but even if you watch, know if you've seen the trailer. Okay, well, I, but they, people might not know that's Deadshot. He never says his name. In the well, trailers. you can also go watch a DC animated uh, movie that came out last year called Batman Assault but on Arkham, right, which is right. this whole story. You need to go listen to it. It's you cool. shouldn't have to already too. be a fan to walk into a movie and understand. Yeah, character. and yeah. I, I think this film will play to that. But, you don't need to be a fan. Of yeah. My biggest thing fan. is, to, it feels like to me today critics, critics are just like 24-hour news, right? Death, explosion, poverty, stuff like that is what sells. You're if you you're gonna read why so and so hated this movie so much rather than okay he liked it. Well, I was on uh, Rotten Tomatoes like when the first review came out. It was pretty fast after the premiere, so I had had this picture of this guy. It was a terrible review. He was just sitting there going, "I'm gonna rip these guys a new yeah. one, and I'm gonna love it." I mean, you just knew to that. Me, it's, that's why it's that almost, guy was alive at that moment. Yeah. It can almost be like comical, like you see Cinema Sins, right? You can do that to every single movie there is, man. So this is what happens, though, in this, or happened so far in this DC cinematic universe, is they're trying to catch up in a small amount of movies, and so every movie has so much riding on it. I don't feel like they're trying to we're, catch up. We're, oh, they're definitely trying to catch up. I think up. they are. Yeah. I think they are. And so every catch movie, up with Marvel? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know why they would. I don't feel like those... They're well, they named their... Too. They named their second movie Dawn of Justice. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel so. like... I feel like if they are, they, they don't have to because it's two different trains on two different tracks. Yeah, well, like, they, but they definitely... But when you're missing out on millions of dollars, I think that that was the pressure... Yeah. Of them coming in and saying, "All right, but do you feel that's one hundred percent studio?" Yes. Oh, that's WB. That's WB all the way. It has been. It has been ever since. Uh, you know, back with Nicolas Cage yeah. and Superman, the death of Superman, or Superman lives. Yeah. WB has had this controlling power in DC that is. But bringing that on top of Wesley's gripe, so then you can't blame that one hundred percent on Mister Snyder. Yeah, that's about to say. I mean, there no, even, no. There's there was articles running around that the ultimate cut, which it still isn't. Uh, the best version of the movie we could have gotten, but it's a lot better than what we got. I love the ultimate cut. There's talk that that was Snyder's cut, and Marvel said this thing's three hours long. You got to cut it. Oh, yeah, you got to cut three. You got to cut a half hour out, and they're just like, uh, okay. And he cut where he could cut, and that's why we had some of the issues we had. And now there's news articles on the web right now, which is just rumors, but they seem to be some very precise rumors to be rumors yeah. that. Any kind of issues with this one may have been because the same reason. Yeah, because I remember Warner Brothers said, "Oh crap, uh, Batman bombed. Batman vs Superman bombed. We have to make sure." I do remember all the reshooting they did after well, the Batman vs Superman. The rumor, which, on, the rumor online is that the trailer was so well liked, but the movie wasn't quite like the vibe you actually got from that the first ballroom blitz trailer. Well, yeah, the, all the comedy and all the one-liners and everything, all that was in the trailer was such a hit. And all the trailer sense have mimicked that trailer, yeah. But the movie didn't quite mimic the trailer at the time, yeah. As precisely as it yeah. maybe does now. But the, the reality of the situation is these movie. This movie has a lot riding on it. it after Batman vs Superman and the the failure that it was, because it was a failure. It was a financial. I would like failure. to point out that we're seeing a movie that made almost ninety million dollars or nine hundred million dollars. Is a failure. Is a failure. It only made about seven hundred and seventy million. I'm not, talking, it I'm not talking about budget. I'm talking about 
a movie that made nine hundred million, which is what it took home. If you go watch, read websites, look at box office. I, I don't think it took over uh, eight hundred million. No, it's, it was over nine. It's it's, no, it's right at nine. Uh, well, so okay, so not a exactly a failure, but yeah. not it didn't live up to what it needed to be lived up to. They wanted and to so go. That's, that's, I feel like that's you guys putting it on a pedestal, man. No, so what it's, it needed to be. You guys, if it go into the it, whole world, it's the whole world, man. The, no, but like then the world, the world can be wrong. Okay. Go into it as an open-minded person. But you got to think what too, they give you. They're trying to catch up. They use Batman vs. Man trying to catch up. They're, okay. Marvel has Avengers. They have Avengers there. 2. You have your you And have now your we're actors. trying to put the Justice League out. And they in my opinion, it. that movie was a failure, critically and financially, in my opinion. You have the two biggest superheroes well, of beans, all time. Don't you have the two money. biggest superheroes of all time. That movie should have made $2 billion is what it should have made. Because okay. you have Batman and Superman. Yeah. And it, only, it didn't make a billion. Yeah, it couldn't even make a billion. Captain America surpassed it. Deadpool surpassed it. Zootopia surpassed it. Worse. But then this is tying into both arguments here. But what did Captain America one make? Well, yeah, you're you're 340 right. Three hundred and forty million worldwide. And so if they would have established a Batman and Superman a little bit better before they did Batman vs Superman, Superman was it w- it would have made. But Batman wasn't. Batman. And the Batman vs Superman story Batflex wasn't established. Wasn't right. Look, I am I am a fan. To try to be a voice of reason here. Bat, Bat flick was it? Yes. But I am a fan of this movie, of BBS. Okay? Batman vs. Superman, I'm a fan. I'm not on Wesley's side there, but I am on Wesley's side that he is right. And people are right in the sense that they did jump in too fast mm-hmm. with the development of with Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. It was too much. It was trying to drink out of a fire hydrant. Now, I love the movie. But the reason it wasn't, the, the whole reason that is billions of do- dollars on Captain America Civil War is because we have fallen in love and already well wear shirts yeah. and sleep in sheets of these heroes of Marvel when we haven't had the opportunity of this new Batman DC yeah. universe. And you established it. You have your actors. You have the faces Correct. that you It's only going to get better. With those, yeah. It's a rocky start. Like you're saying with Captain America, that movie put a face on Captain America. And guess right? what? Cyborg is not going to make a billion dollars, okay? And, and we don't need to expect it to. But it, it needs to have that slow climb just like Marvel has. And yeah. it will. But they did jump into this whole thing yeah. a little fast. And so to finish what I've been trying to say, and you guys keep <laughs> no, interrupting me. No, what you're saying, Wesley. <laughs> what you're yelling. I was, <laughs> helping, I was helping you. So Batman vs. Superman had the future of the DC Cinematic Universe on its shoulders. It mm-hmm. truly did. And it... it it failed to live up to having that uh, weight. Okay. So now this is passed on to Suicide Squad. The same expectations. The reason why it's tracking for $140 million, the reason why so many people are going to watch it is because they're saying, oh, this might save the DC Cinematic Universe. You can read that everywhere. It's all over the place. But and think- so that's why you get negative reviews. People are expecting a 95%, you know, a fantastic movie. And if it if it's not fantastic... That's how Rotten Tomatoes works. Is if it's not, if it's not great, then it's rotten. It's either yeah. rotten or it's good. But anyways, so if it's not great, these these critics are going to say this movie isn't that good. That's yeah. why you get negative reviews. Well, I mean, because it has so those, much on its shoulders. Most of those reviewers aren't fanboys, though. Well, you know, we have really enjoyed uh, talking about the Killing Joke. I know we've pressed on here. We're talking about a whole different subject now, but. Uh, Guess what? You can bet on death, taxes, and the fact that we will be talking about Suicide Squad next week on Watch It, Love It, Let's Talk About It. Well, maybe not next week, but the next 
I think we're going to do a special Suicide Squad, and then me, my good friend Corey Ashley, and Wesley will be coming at you around next Wednesday with Game of Thrones. Wait, so Corey Ashley and me, or Corey Ashley? Corey me? Ashley. Okay. His is his first and last I'll, I'll try to figure out what the comments were in there. Hopefully Wesley will bring the same fire that he has against Batman vs. Superman <laughs> next Wednesday. Stay tuned, guys. This is Watch Speaking It. Speaking truth here. This is Watch It, Love It, Let's Talk About we It. We love you guys. Thank you.